Welcome to Twin Peaks Radio, the show where we remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, a real mystery can't be solved, not completely. It's always just out of reach, like a light around the corner. You might catch a glimpse of what it reveals, feel its warmth, but you can't know the heart of it. Not really. That's what gives it value. It can't be cracked. It's bigger than you and me. Bigger than everything we know. I'm Professor Robert E.G. Black. Today I will be continuing my look at the opening titles. The next shot being Snoqualmie Falls, or, in the context of the story, White Tail Falls. Last time I defended the Access Guide to the Town, here I have a slight problem with the Access Guide to the Town because it disagrees with itself. There are no, as far as I know, no official maps of the city of Twin Peaks published by people who ran the show. There are two different maps in the Access Guide and some other maps that people have made online. I wanted to come at the falls from a particular article that I think I've referenced before. It's from IndieWire.com. 25th May 2017 by Steve Green, entitled Twin Peaks, Why It Shouldn't Have Changed Its Opening Titles. I don't recall if I referenced this in the show or just on TikTok, Twin Peaks Radio on TikTok, but I always had this thought when looking at every time they show the shot of the falls and the Great Northern Hotel up at the top, which in the opening titles, especially here, we barely see the hotel. It's the edge of the frame and then the camera goes down the falls to the bottom and lingers there. White Tail Falls, according to the Access Guide. More than 350,000 visitors travel to Twin Peaks every year to fish, hike, attend the county fair, and to help judge the annual cherry and huckleberry pie contests, go bird watching, river rafting, log rolling, and to gape at our glorious White Tail Falls, which are even taller, though not as wide, than the Niagara Falls. 248 million gallons plummet 600 feet down the falls every hour generating a lot of electrical energy and an awesome rainbow on sunny days. The Packard Mill, I pause for shock, which was situated next to the falls, originally drew its power from the torrent. Today, it is the raw power of this force of nature, the sheer drama of its beauty, that holds anyone fortunate enough to stand nearby in its spell. Before I get to the problem there, I like this caption they have under the photos as meet your love, so magical are the powers of Whitetail Falls that anyone who has ever fallen in love within the sound of their plunging water remains in love forever. Kind of nice, actually. Problem there, the Packard Mill is not by the falls. The Great Northern is. Scrolling to a different page, I double-check what they say about the Great Northern Hotel. If you want to give yourself a present, make a reservation at the Timber Room in the Great Northern Hotel or the Lamplighter Inn, which isn't even in town. And they do mention that, that is down by Lewis Fork but they include it because it's mentioned in the show. Although, so were the other hotels that last time I quoted someone else saying they didn't include it. Ugh. They don't mention here that it's by the falls. In their map, their back cover map, the color one, they have Whitetail Falls and, yeah, they have Great Northern Inn by the falls and the Packard Sawmill up, down, down, down the river. (laughs) Down the river by Black Lake. They also have the border to Canada right there in Black Lake, which I'm fine with, because it is when Dale is driving that he says he's five miles from the border, 12 miles from the state line. I would point out, this is the Columbia River, by the way, that is distances. 
He says 12 miles from the state line, 5 miles from the Canadian border. Entering the town of Twin Peaks, 5 miles south of the Canadian border, 12 miles west of the state line. 12 miles from the state line would put it actually closer to the Pend Oreille River. I guess that's French. Which isn't where they meant it to be. What did I just see? I swear as I zoomed out, I saw something that said the Black Lodge. <laughs> yes. I did. Someone put a location for the Black Lodge near Medellin Falls, Washington. I don't know if it's officially in the show that the river is the Columbia River, but the Columbia River would put it more like 20 miles from the state border, which doesn't feel right. If it's on Columbia River, it'd be close to the town of Northport. If it's on the Pend Oreille River then it would be near the town of Medellin. Whitetail Falls would be Medellin Falls. The distances are arbitrary. They were scripted probably before they had a location. This was my thing always, is when looking at the waterfall, which direction is town? I always imagined the town was behind me, that Great Northern was up at the top of the waterfall looking out over the town. It's not really correct, though. Instead, what we have is, in the Southern Fisher map, Great Northern and Whitetail Falls are off to the left, up to the west, and Black Lake above, the river is going in a, I guess it's flowing southwest. That doesn't make sense. Great. <laughs> this is why we need an official map. To make it even more confusing, I just said the opposite of what I meant. I meant the river would be flowing northeast, right? It's the water's going down the falls and then out to Black Lake. Or is it coming from Black Lake and going down the falls? <laughs> I just made it worse. Trying to add an insert to explain it better, and I made it worse. Back to me. The town is above the falls. Sort of. Except for parts of it. Uh, the Packard Sawmill is actually supposed to be down near the lake. And down along the river. And the Packard House should be somewhere near the Packard Sawmill. Back to IndieWire. I said I was going to reference Steve Green's piece. He complains, with the new credits, Lynch has done a literal 180-degree turn approaching the falls from behind rather than head on. The familiar theme is still there, undisturbed, but the added layer of mist and fog that the non-premiere episodes use in the opening is key. Lynch has traded in a clear day and the not-yet-melted snow for a visual that's more performatively spooky. The 180-degree turn matters, because, as I pointed out, despite my inferral, watching it for years, that the Great Northern was looking out over the town, and the town is below the falls. The town is above the falls or off to the side. That means that literal 180-degree turn is actually a sign that we're leaving the town. And we start the first episode of The Return in New York, right? So that's important. We're expanding beyond the town of Twin Peaks. So that opening shot serves a purpose. So they're opening titles for later things. I like talking about the real places. This is from worldwaterfalldatabase.com. Snoqualmie Falls is among the largest and most significant waterfalls in the United States, situated along the Snoqualmie River in the town of Snoqualmie. The falls plunge a sheer 268 feet in a huge amphitheater carved in an ancient volcanic bedrock. The natural volume of the Snoqualmie River, coupled with the great heights of the falls, makes it one of the most powerful waterfalls in North America. That power was too tempting a prospect for intrepid engineers, and in July of 1899, the Snoqualmie Falls hydroelectric plant went online, the first hydroelectric facility in the world to be built entirely underground. In 1910, 
a second powerhouse, this one above ground, was constructed downstream of the falls, which was greatly expanded again in the late 1950s. Because of the hydroelectric diversions, the falls do not regularly flow with the force of the full volume of the river. However, in the spring, when the snow in the Cascade Mountains is melting at full bore, and in the early winter months, when heavy rain frequents the northwest, the river often swells to impressive proportions, and it is temporarily restored to its natural splendor. During such periods, spray from the falls swirls around in the amphitheater so fervently they can rise well above the top of the falls, and even be blinding at times for visitors standing along the viewpoints, that is. Yes, when I visited in February of this year, March, technically winter, that mist was definitely reaching us up at the viewpoints. In 2015, a massive overhaul of the hydroelectric facilities at the falls was completed, which greatly increased both the power output of the hydro stations, but also increased the maximum capacity of the diversion of the river as well. This is from HistoryLink.org. Snoqualmie Falls is a 276-foot waterfall in the Snoqualmie River, about 30 miles east of Seattle on the way to Snoqualmie Pass. The falls have been for generations a sacred site for the Snoqualmie tribe and a source of hydraulic power. Today it is the second most visited tourist attraction in Washington State, after Mount Rainier. The Snoqualmie tribe believes that Snoqualm, or Moon the Transformer, created the world. Snoqualm later created Snoqualmie Falls out of a fish trap. He transformed the trap into a waterfall with the hopes of allowing the salmon to swim upstream. He was unsuccessful, and to this day the 276-foot waterfall keeps salmon from spawning in the upper valley. The tribe regards the falls as a sacred site. The first non-Indian to see the falls was Washington Hall, a surveyor who in 1848 was guided by Indians to the site. In 1851, ooh, that means that the Lewis and Clark fictional version from Secret History predates actual history. That's kind of interesting. In 1851, explorer Samuel Hancock visited the falls and wrote the first published account of the event. In 1855, Edward Warbass led the first tourist expedition, a party of 15 men and women, to the falls. By this time, a handful of settlers inhabited the upper valley, and they were able to follow trails from Seattle, about 30 miles to the west. Their tale was printed in the Seattle Weekly Gazette, which most likely heightened local interest in the spectacle. Because I talked about the natives and Snoqualm last episode, I found this fascinating. This is from Newsweek, 1st November 2019, by Kate Thor Jensen. Washington Snoqualmie Tribe has purchased Snoqualmie Falls, the adjacent Salish Lodge, and 45 acres of land for $125 million. The 268-foot waterfall on the Snoqualmie River is one of the state's most popular attractions drawing more than 1.5 million visitors a year, and was featured in the TV series Twin Peaks. This purchase represents the Snoqualmie tribe's ongoing work to reclaim its traditional lands and will allow the Snoqualmie people to appropriately care for our sacred falls and share it with all who wish to experience the powerful connection, said tribal chairman Robert de los Angeles. <laughs> I didn't notice this guy's name as I was reading this the first time. Tribal chairman's name is Robert de los Angeles. I'm Robert from Los Angeles. It's like we're twins. He's my doppelganger. Or I'm his. I'm probably his. The tribe will be halting proposed developments on the site and will be working to install signage and educational materials that bring the cultural context of the falls to visitors and residents. Under the 1855 Treaty of Point Elliot, the tribe relinquished all land from what is now the city of Everett to Snoqualmie Falls. 
However, the federal government did not recognize the Snoqualmie people as an independent tribe until it won a lawsuit in 1999. The lawsuit opened the door for the Snoqualmie tribe to purchase the falls and the adjoining land that has long been held as sacred site by their people. In Snoqualmie mythology, Moon the Transformer created the falls from a fish trap to try and get the salmon to spawn further upstream. Then finally from Crosscut.com, 12th November 2019 by Manola Sakaira. After reclaiming its sacred falls, the Snoqualmie tribe looks toward the future. Snoqualmie tribal elder Lois Sweet Dorman says she's been fighting for the preservation of Snoqualmie Falls for decades. Every inch of the surviving tree line surrounding it has had its protection lobbied for by the tribe, she says. The falls themselves are the tribe's most sacred site. It's always been important that the site, as the birthplace of her people, retains as much of its natural state as possible, Dorman says. That pounding of the water is a sacred cycle, and that pounding and the mists rising are a connection of worlds, she says. The falls have been touted by tourists and advertisements for the city as its crowning natural glory since well before its appearance on the television show Twin Peaks, from which it's now often recognized. In 1969, the city even considered renaming itself Snoqualmie Falls after its crowning natural feature. Dorman says, It's easy to see why even non-native people are drawn to the falls. It's part of why people visit here. They visit because there's a spirit here. The spirit of Snoqualmie Falls. Remember, in the words of Major Garland Briggs, mystery is the most essential ingredient of life. Mystery creates wonder, which leads to curiosity, which in turn provides the ground for our desire to understand who and what we truly are. This has been a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find links to more at lemmingdrops.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Peaks Radio and on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Twin Peaks Radio. Or join the Facebook group, Lemming Drops Studio Tour. The owls may not be what they seem, but they still serve an imperative function. They remind us to look into the darkness.